This is Channel 253. In this episode of Citizen Tacoma. So we got rid of postage costs. We need to get rid of standing in line costs. We need to get rid of I've got to drive 27 miles to the election center costs. So we need uh, more options for people to vote from home. And I don't even like calling it vote by mail anymore. We need to start just calling this a vote from home. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Citizen Tacoma, my heart beats true blue. Citizen Tacoma, I'll always vote for you. Hi, Annie. Hi, Doug. Hi, Megan. Hi, Doug. Today we have Annie and uh, Megan Holyoke. Annie, you know from Interchangeable White Ladies. And these two ladies are sort of pinch hitting today for Citizen Tacoma. And we are really excited to talk to Julie Anderson, who is a Pierce County auditor, about elections, about the primary, about the general election. She's amazing. So it's going to be rad. And about, I don't know, seven, eight minutes in, she had to go from her computer to her phone. So you'll notice a change in the audio quality of Julie. But um, don't be frightened, people. Just keep listening. No, it'll be, it's still her. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's going to sound just slightly different. And what was your final segment there? Action items. We have some action items for listeners today. I thought of an action item that I'm going to add right now. My action item is to talk to your friends casually about voting. Just slip it in there when you're talking to them. I love that. That's yeah, great. Super good. All right. Listen in, folks. Okay. Well, welcome. I am Annie Jansen, one half of the Interchangeable White Ladies podcast, here to do some special reporting on the 2020 primary and general election. I am joined by the brilliant land mermaid, Megan Holyoke, who will also be sharing some duties with my with the ever-lovely pod wife, Hope, over on the IWL podcast. We are both social studies teachers and so excited in a very nerdy way uh, to join the one and only Doug, producer extraordinaire, in welcoming Pierce County Auditor Julie Anderson, the chief advocate for the Pierce County electorate and very cool human being, back to the Citizen Tacoma podcast, I believe for the third time. It kind of happens that way. We keep having these elections. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like when, you know, you, you keep getting bills in the mail, you know, they just keep coming. You pay them and then they send them again. Yes. Um, elections are the same way. You, know, you have one and then uh, periodically you have to have another one. I, so, I'll, ju- I'll just keep sending those ballots to you for as long as I possibly can. But you got to send them back. So I hope I hope your listeners will send them back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Megan. Hi. Hi. I'm happy to be here. And yes, I agree. In so, the nerdiest way possible. The nerdiest way so possible to be here. Right? Like to have this conversation all about elections and <laughs> and ballots and yeah. ballots and the voting process and how people can get more involved and 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 and. It's so exciting. Doug, are you excited? I'm excited that we have mail ballots. I feel like we have the great, oh my gosh. The great luxury of mail-in ballots. So I'm happy to be here with Julie oh. and you and to have mail-in ballots. 
postage paid. I just like, I can't, I mean, it's a dream. And then it's it's no longer like this revolutionary thing that's happening in Washington, right? Like it's not this controversial revolutionary. It just is the way that we vote in Washington now, which is just awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I think before we jump into some of this, just, just pure nerd happiness, I would love to tell listeners, if you haven't listened to other episodes that feature Julie, She's featured in episode eight and episode 34 of the Citizen Tacoma podcast. I want to share a little bit about her before we go on into our questions. So Julie Anderson has served the community as Pierce County Auditor since 2009. The auditor's office is responsible, I don't know if you know this, but for elections as well as public document recording, vehicle licensing, business licensing, and animal services. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot. Prior to her election as the Pierce County Auditor, Julie was the Senior Policy Advisor for the Washington State Department of Commerce, RAD, as well as a member of the Tacoma City Council from 2004 to 2009. Julie's past professional service comes from a wide variety of fields, including Planned Parenthood votes, Washington, whoa, sorry, Planned Parenthood votes Washington. There's an exclamation point in the middle because it's so exciting (laughs) that in the middle of that organization, it had to include an exclamation point. YWCA of Pierce County, Dome District, Neighborhood Business District, Tacoma, United for Fairness, and a variety of criminal justice positions. Julie is a member of the Washington State Criminal Justice Training Commission and the Washington State Association of County Auditors, as well as being a senior fellow and board member for the American Leadership Forum. She is a member of Tacoma Rotary Association of Universe Women and the League of Women Voters. Julie also, if that wasn't enough awesome stuff, is also, also mentors young students through the Palmer Scholar Program. Wow, you're very accomplished. Thank you for taking time out of your extremely busy life to come and talk to us today. Uh, this is job one. I'd love nothing better. I consider this like a pleasure, a break. This is this is a job perk, actually. Getting to talk awesome. to social studies uh, teachers and uh, oh, social studies. <laughs> yeah, we love social studies. We're like so so. This is this is just what a dream. So. Um, <laughs> we miss anything in your bio or have you picked up any new hobbies during the pandemic that you wanted to tell us about that anything that was not featured in your official biography? Oh, I think that was long and tawdry enough. I don't think I'm going to add any more, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm doing some interesting things with the university of Washington Tacoma and we'll save that for next year. Excellent. The intrigue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keep us so, more. Uh, I, my big question about, yeah. 2020 if you had to put you're putting on your auditor's hat right now or your auditor's glasses uh how would you describe 2020 from your perspective if you had to use one word um, you think it's not it's not urgent and this is a pg-13 show right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes oh, well wait a minute uh, it's, it, it's um uh, uh it's exciting i think uh, I think that's a fair way of, um, it's a fair word that encompasses both the tension that's out there, the high stakes, um, the uh, nervousness that every election administrator in the United States is um, feeling right now, and uh, just the high volume of work. So put all those things together, the the pressure, the tension, the excitement, um, and the curveball known as COVID. Um, uh, protests in the streets and you just only have one word. It's exciting. Exciting. Times. Yeah. Definitely not boring. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Right. No. 2020 <laughs> is, is not boring. 
a lot of things, no. but boring is not one of them. <laughs> no, and no. it's uh, it it's um, in in the world of elections, uh, stability and continuity and certainty and having a very very um, <clears throat> uh, very very regimented procedures, attention to detail is overlaid with this uh, this breaking news at breakneck speed that 2020 is. So it's kind of, it doesn't mesh very well with elections, uh, this, uh, what's gonna happen next. Everything is a, everything's just a, a an, an emergency, it seems like. And we, it's hard to forecast what's gonna happen and predict what's gonna happen. So um, I'm just glad that we have that stability and those strong procedures and all that boring stuff that the citizen doesn't get to see so that we can um, hold the center on a really chaotic emotional time. Um, so yeah. just know that we've, we've got that going for us, that, that stability. That's awesome. So you're, uh, the bio, I mentioned this in the bio, but your office covers, and this maybe is new information for folks who are not familiar with the operations of the auditor's office, but you cover a, more than just elections. So how have your kind of day-to-day operations been impacted by the pandemic? Are you, <laughs> are you feeling the pinch in terms of staffing? Like what's what's going on down at the auditor's office? Well, um, first of all, I need to let you know that I was able to shift animal control to the sheriff's office uh, in back in November. <laughs> so I don't have animal control anymore. Thank goodness. Uh, but document recording, vehicle licensing, passport services, marriage uh, licensing, and um, uh, and then elections. Uh, all of those are essential services. So we have not missed a beat since COVID came to town and hit us hard in March. So we've been uh, doing all of that with the exception of passport services. And that was because the State Department actually uh, stopped that. Uh, you know, there's travel bans anyway, uh, and the state department right. got completely mm-hmm. overwhelmed and they can't process passport applications. So mm-hmm. as an acceptance agency, we've also stopped that because there's nowhere to send them. Uh, we're hoping passports mm-hmm. will come back in uh, September. But all the other stuff is essential services and uh, curbside has become our middle name. So even though our lobby, our inner lobby doors are closed, um, we've got 85% of our staff working remotely. So if you call any one of our numbers right now, you're going to get an immediate answer and get help. But the chances are that the person is in their living room or on their back porch doing the work. Sure. Um, but we've been recording a record number of uh, real estate transactions that has not slowed down in our community, um, vehicle licensing, and I don't know why, but marriage has become extremely popular in these times. I guess, you know, alcohol sales at Costco and marriage licenses are just through the roof with this COVID thing. Uh, Yesterday, we uh, processed 74 marriage applications. Um, Yeah. Wow. You got the time. You might as well get married, right? I I guess. (laughs) I guess. I don't, yeah, I don't know how Superior Court is doing with divorces, but I'm doing gangbusters. Yeah, that would be a fascinating data comparison, right, to see how yeah. many um, divorces are being filed. Yeah. Versus- so, yeah. so it's, you know, it's just great that uh, we were already well positioned with a lot of online services, uh, modernized services, so that when COVID hit, we were able to just continue everything but passports. We still mm-hmm. could have done passports if our federal partners hadn't uh, kind of shut down. Okay, cool. So if you have never been on a guided tour of the auditor's office in Pierce County, 
we're going to have to highly recommend that um, because the people who work there are incredibly friendly and accommodating and the equipment is seriously impressive. It's so rad. And it will give you a whole new perspective on election security. It's a tight ship. Um, and the work that happens there is essential and not just essential in terms of the pandemic, like just a set, like necessary for the functioning of society. So um, have, is any of your like, workflow changed to ensure employee safety like what's going on differently in the auditors when we're talking about like ballot processing or like um i'm thinking specifically of like there was this fear for a while that mail sent through like usps could carry coronavirus and like library or quarantining books like um do you have some new workflows or new safety measures in place for uh, your elections division uh, yeah, quite a, quite a bit. Uh, the first uh, change that we've made is to real estate. So we have uh, doubled at least our footprint for um, uh, everything it takes to run an election. We hijacked some public works uh, space that was vacant and remodeled it. So we've been really busy since COVID hit. Uh, we uh, got two very large federal grants uh, that were passed through the Secretary of State's office uh, for election security and for COVID response. That enabled us mm-hmm. to take over some county property, remodel it, and uh, just buy tons of uh, equipment so that we could spread out our footprint. Because uh, even though in the early days of COVID, there were all of these um, uh, rumors or not not quite um, accurate uh, guesses about how the virus was spread. Like you said, originally it was like, oh, we can't touch ballots. We, we found that the shelf life of COVID is, is not, not very long at all on hard surfaces and hardly at all on paper. But what we have learned is that it really is an airborne uh, virus and uh, social distancing is the number one way of reducing that spread. So we've increased our real estate so that no workers have to be within six feet of each other. Um, Obviously, masks are mandatory. We're also doing mandatory temperature checks anytime anybody comes into the building. So... um, that's those are the biggest things that we've done and then this is news that i you know could certainly use help spreading um even though we have an 18-day voting period everybody tends to wait until kind of the last minute which means that our busiest days for voter services are the last three days of the election so a saturday monday and then tuesday election day Uh, We don't want voters having to choose between their safety and being able to vote. So we don't want people showing up for in-person registration because, you know, you have to be in person during those final eight days. Um, So we don't want people standing in line to register to vote or standing in line to get a replacement ballot because they lost their ballot um, when COVID is out and about. So we are standing up a drive through um, and we'll be testing it in the August primary and hoping that it goes very smoothly and we can adopt this tactic for November. Um, we basically want people to stay in their cars. So our voter services are going to be curbside. And no matter what you need, we hope you don't have to get out of your car to do it. And so those are two big things, increasing our real estate, buying oodles of new equipment, um, 
basic laptops for voter services, not the not the secure equipment, and then standing up a drive-through for those final days of voter services. Excellent. That's awesome. And if our listeners want to find out where, are there going to be multiple stations, drive-through stations, or is there going to be no one? The part of Part of our challenge uh, in spreading out is people are always surprised to learn that we only have 13 full-time people in elections. Um, And so uh, we can't, we really can't spread people out very much because our expertise and uh, training is embedded in those 13 people. The hundreds of people that we hire as extra hire election workers that actually open ballots, move things around, check signatures. Um, They're very good at their jobs, but they don't have the they're not certified election administrators that understand the entire process or have access to to any of the high security election infrastructure. That all resides with just 13 people. So if we had multiple sites all over the county, we, we just couldn't do it. So all of the drive-through voters uh, services will be um, at the Pierce County Annex, so at the election center where you would normally go for help. And then I think you guys know, because we've been doing this for almost a year now, we do have a partnership with uh, all three library districts. So 27 public library branches on election day are available to help voters who are kind of stranded. Pierce County is a big place, and it's not always possible or convenient for somebody to drive to the election center for help on election day, but they can make their way to one of the 27 public library branches in Pierce County to get some assistance. They can either get registered to vote or they can get a replacement ballot, um, and that way they don't have to drive in. But we're really hoping people will just plain and simple be prepared Um, and not put that pressure on the system. And the system is under a lot of pressure with COVID and then the coming volumes in November. Absolutely. Um, Something that I'm wondering about, you mentioned election security. Are you, are we facing any, uh, as a community, are we facing, and as the auditor's office, are you facing any unique challenges this election cycle in terms of security? Um, uh, is it more like, um, you know, spin management in terms of people's fears about like, uh, you know, um, conspiracy theories or are you are you facing any like unique challenges in terms of like uh, keeping a ballot safe? Uh, the the IT security, cyber security and um, and physical security is in good shape, very strong stronger every year and and it was strong in the first place so i have a high degree of confidence in our it and physical security uh but you're right it mostly is a spin um and managing misinformation and disinformation um as the rhetoric gets uh, more heated on the national scenes and as campaigns are underway we spend more time responding to people who watched something on the news about Kentucky and call us about it <laughs> than we do um, responding to uh, actual or perceived problems that are germane to local elections. So, um, and that's just the nature of the business and it ramps up every four years and we're yeah. ready. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad you're ready. <laughs> because that's a lot. 
it's a lot to deal with when people, and it's not just, it's not um, even necessarily real problems. It's perceived problems, like you said. Right. Um, and I think that I think that yeah. the thing that um, that uh, is going to be uh, harder than usual this year is going to be that that last minute rush of voter services in November with COVID in place. Um, so I, I'm real. We are working so hard to try to get people to participate early and not wait until the last minute. And it certainly is everybody's right to hold on to that ballot and wait until election day to make their choices. Um, but don't wait until election day to actually look for your ballot and realize that it got thrown in the recycling. <laughs> or yeah. realize that the decisions that you have to make are harder than you thought and and then you end up being late. So preparations uh, to relieve pressure on this election system, uh, the image of long lines and people not uh, people having to wait a long time to vote or to get help is um, really discouraging to democracy. And we don't, we don't want that to happen in Pierce County and with vote by mail, 100% vote by mail mailed out 18 days in advance, mm-hmm. no required postage, 47 drop boxes available 24 hours a day. Um, I, there really isn't an, a reason to be um, to be caught for voters to be caught off guard, and we want to preserve our resources at the election center for people who really are stranded and need help. Um, and we're just asking everybody to please plan ahead and please tell a friend. We do not have in-person voting in Washington State. If you show up to the election center on election day and say, I just wanted to vote in person because it's my constitutional right. (laughs) Um, The only thing that we're going to do, you're going to stand in line with a bunch of other people wearing masks six feet apart. And then we're going to print out the same paper ballot that we took the time to mail to you. And you're going to mark it with a pen and you're going to put it in the same envelope that we mailed to you, and you're going to put it in the same box that you would have if you had voted from home. So there, there are no voting machines, and there are no polling places, and you're not going to get a different experience, and your vote is not going to be counted any differently. We are 100% paper-based with a central count, and there's nothing special about coming to quote unquote vote in person. There's no such thing. Which I, I think that you just did a wonderful job of explaining to the listeners about what um, what policies Washington has put into place in order to make voting more accessible to all people of Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I see so many states now being pressured to move towards mail-in voting right across the country for this 2020 election. Um, because of COVID-19, right? I think COVID-19 is really pushing this issue that I think Washington was really ahead of the curve in, in mm-hmm. reducing barriers. Um, so my question is, what do you think that other states can learn from what Washington has already done in regards to voting policies and laws? Um, and what do you really wish other states would adopt of what Washington is already doing? Well, first of all, it is not in my mind uh, 
possible for an entire state to go to 100% vote by mail in this short period of time. So uh, I think they're going to have to do what Washington did, which was incrementalism to take pressure off of their election systems. Um, For example, we started with early voting periods and then we went to no excuse absentee. And the more people that were were allowed to request absentee ballots, the more people did. So the easier we made it, the more people did it. And then pretty soon, 90% of the population had opted for absentee ballots. And that made the conversion to 100% vote by mail very easy for our state because our voters demanded it with their own behavior and requests. They chose it. other states that are uh, have not don't have any vote by mail experience. Um, you've got to bring people along with you. It requires training. You've got to train your citizens about how to vote. It's easy to get confused. So you've got to train them. You've got to give them practice time. And then you've got to get everything from vendors to security to equipment, everything changes when you move from a polling place environment to a vote by mail environment. It's different equipment, it's different employee training, and it's different voter training. So we're encouraging people to be incremental uh, with their changes. And frankly, one of the things I'm worried about is that states that are new to vote by mail may not perform well, and it end up giving a black eye to a really strong, uh, secure system Mm. like vote by mail has in Washington state. And it may end up giving a black eye and there might be some backlash. So Mm. we're hoping that um, those states will be incremental and be careful. uh, And their goal is to take pressure off of their polling place systems, not try to convert everything from polling places to 100% vote by mail overnight. So... I think you bring up a really interesting point about the the speed at which needing to roll this out and meeting states that have been doing this for several election cycles, potentially not going well. And then, you know, those that are against the vote by mail, using that as a reason to not move those states into 100% vote by mail. Um, yeah. Forgive me for not knowing. I, I'm just curious, how many election cycles did we go through when the process started to move us towards vote by mail to being 100%, do you know, like, I just, I'm not quite sure how long or how many years that kind of took Washington to move, to get to where we currently are. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to be guessing here, but I think it was like six years uh, where uh, counties were allowed to make their own choice about their voting modality. And then it was 10 years ago that the state legislature just made the entire state vote by mail. And Pierce County, as you remember, was the last county in Washington state to go vote by mail. Um, and uh, it required legislative action to, um, to get that to happen. Yeah. We did not have a supportive county council <laughs> at that time. I think it's just, in, it's important for the context for others that are thinking that states should be 100% vote, vote by mail for this 2020 election to have some context for how long it actually takes to move an entire it, yeah. voting system to what Washington state currently has. Right. Um, and we could certainly, I mean, we can certainly provide uh, you know, cookie cutter plans to other states, but 
I, I really can't emphasize how long it takes to retrain voters um, and get them in that mindset and then retraining staff. Mm-hmm. Um, the equipment, the equipment is there, although there's been a real run on it. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. glad that we ended up purchasing our extra election equipment before the big rush, um, because now there's a lot of competition for everything from uh, ballot drop boxes to mail sorters to tabulators. Uh, there's a lot of lot of uh, pressure out there on vendors, and when people move quickly, yeah. you know, you always I'm always concerned when people move quickly. Yeah, your comment about vendors made me think about uh, my heart is just like so heavy right now thinking about the post office and i don't know if anybody mm-hmm. else is right now i just really i'm worried i'm worried about the post office um there have been some really serious threats recently staffing shortages um but also like politically motivated budget cuts to a very apolitical organization like yeah. the post office is not political <laughs> it's just <laughs> really not everything okay okay let's let's just like everything's political but i mean the post office is like really low on the list of like like you know not very um controversial um and kind of unsexy if we're being honest um but but it seems like um it's been especially under under threat lately and um it seems like you know the post office how how healthy the post office is affects all americans but especially rural areas and there are some places in pierce county that are very rural uh, do you have concerns about the post office as it relates to elections like what are you what are you thinking about in terms of uh, a perspective of an auditor well uh long term i'm worried about the post office but for this election cycle i'm i'm not um, I mean, I'm concerned that they could have a COVID outbreak at one of their processing plants, um, and they have. Uh, you know, it hasn't made the news, but they've had one or two instances where somebody's tested positive and they've had to shut down their plant for a little while for um, mm-hmm. contact tracing and cleaning, but they got right back up um, very quickly. Um, they've got good continuity of operation plans, and they're very, very careful. I'll say that's another reason that it's hard for other states to to rapidly adopt um, vote by mail. We have a long, long relationship and very close communication with the post office. And the post office needs to know how to conduct vote by mail too, because you treat that mail differently. Um, so uh, that's, an, that's another thing that's kind of hard to stand up in another, in another state. But Washington State is in uh, good shape, and Pierce County, I think, in particular. Um, even though there's been downsizing in the post office, they've been pretty efficient. And this is another good reason, another reason to be thankful for the election laws we have. An early voting period where military ballots are mailed out 45 days in advance, your ballot is mailed out 18 days in advance, and it gives plenty of time for lags and surges in mail delivery. Mm-hmm. So, and and then another great thing, you know, about Washington State is uh, we now uh, have a centralized voter registration and election management system. It used to be that each county had their own voter registration systems. Um, but now we have votewa.gov with centralized uh, registration. So I can see what's happening in Snohomish County or Yakima County. And part of that system is um, 
at the last minute, if you have lost your ballot, you can go print your own replacement ballot from the comfort of your own home, vote it and mail it to us or drop it in a drop box. Uh, that's another thing you don't need to come in person for. Um, there's a lot of self-service options on votewa.gov um, that just makes, again, you talked about the importance of access. Um, I, I think of it as in terms of the cost of voting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we got rid of postage costs. We need to get rid of standing in line costs. We need to get rid of I've got to drive 27 miles to the election center costs. Mm-hmm. So we need uh, more options for people to vote from home. And I don't even like calling it vote by mail anymore. We need to start just calling this a vote from home. Vote from home. hmm Absolutely. That's a great place to take a short break, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 podcast, We Art Tacoma. And I've been a member of TAPCO Credit Union since I was a kid, really. My parents set up a savings account for me, and I've had that account with them ever since. In fact, my first credit card wasn't from a big bank. It was from TAPCO, and I still have that, too. What I appreciate about TAPCO is they are intensely local. Just like Channel 253, TAPCO keeps its focus on Tacoma and Pierce County. They have easy-to-reach branches and ATMs in the Tacoma area, and when I don't want to drive, I just use their online or mobile banking. To this day, TAPCO helps parents teach kids good savings habits. The Moolah Kids Club teaches kids about savings, not only through interest on their money, but with special prizes and discounts at local attractions. So if you want to help your kids start a savings account the same way my parents did, check out our local credit union at tapcocu.org. My thanks to TAPCO for their support of this podcast and Channel 253. And we're back. You should definitely be a member of Channel 253 if you're not already. It only costs $40 a year, $4 a month. That is so cheap. Uh, It supports the programming that you love on Channel 253, and it's really easy to sign up. Just go to channel253.com slash membership. And you're going to have a very special membership perk coming up, which we won't tell you about, but it's going to be a lot of fun. What? A special membership perk? Doug, I am very intrigued. Uh, I'm very intrigued. can't spill it yet, but it's coming. Exclusive to members. Well, I have a question about, this is something that I think about all the time. I feel so privileged and so uh fortunate and so almost spoiled living in washington with our voting system because i hear about just this nightmare scenarios in other states and one of those things that's very nightmarish is voter roll purging and i don't see a lot of that happening here in washington i don't see a lot of controversy around people getting up getting ticked off the voting rolls um why does that not happen here why is pierce county different why is washington different why are we more cautious why are we more hesitant about like what's the difference here in terms of um is it like a is it a philosophical thing on the part of um, local auditor's offices is it a is it just the way that our system's built like why why is that why are other states experiencing voter roll purging we're not in the same way what makes Washington different is a superior election laws, and you shouldn't see a difference from county to county because we're all following the state, same state election laws. So, um, one, we make it very easy to register to vote. 
in Washington state. We were the first state in the United States to have online voter registration. Uh, it's, it's very, it's very easy for voters. So that's one thing. Uh, so it's not hard to get on the voter rolls. Second, uh, we actually have some of the same laws that um, generate complaints in other states. So in vote by mail, if I mail you a ballot and it bounces back to me as undeliverable and there's no forwarding address, you become inactive, which means I don't have to keep sending ballot packets to, to an address where the voter doesn't live. So you become inactive. If you are inactive for two federal elections, meaning you don't contact us, you, you don't you don't re-register, you don't do, you don't you don't let us know where you moved, then you do become canceled. We never use the word purge because your record really never goes away, right? Um, so you do get canceled if you haven't participated in two federal election cycles and you haven't contacted us. But what the, 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 the thing that makes Washington state really magical is we also have same day registration. So let's say you're that person who registered to vote once um, and then never participated and you were an inactive and then your registration became canceled. And all of a sudden you wake up on November 3rd and go, oh, my gosh, I am suddenly interested in voting again. Uh and but you don't have a ballot and you call us and you're not registered to vote. We have same day registration. So that means you can go to any auditor's office or in Pierce County to one of 27 library branches and register and get a ballot that day. So uh, registering to vote after your registration has been canceled is just as easy as just showing up. So, so for um, our listeners that are maybe hearing you say this and they're like, oh my gosh, have I participated in the last two federal elections? What's the best way for somebody to find out whether they are in fact registered to vote? If they think that they already have, they just want to double check. Oh, I love it. And that's part of being prepared is double checking before. <laughs> uh, just go to votewa.gov. And uh, that is where you can register to vote, where you can update your address, and where you can check your registration status. By the way, you can also check your ballot status there. Um, we just mailed out ballots uh, this Friday. Maybe it's Tuesday. Maybe you haven't gotten yours and you're wondering if it's in the mail. You go on there and you can see the status of your ballot, whether it's been mailed or not. After you've voted and you've returned it to us and you want to see whether it's been received and accepted, you can see that, too, on votewa.gov. But uh, basically, just jump on there, enter your first name, your last name, and your date of birth, and you can check what your status is. That's awesome. I, yeah, I think that you, you don't use the word purge because I feel like that is gross sounding, um, and I'm glad you don't do that. Uh, and then also, um, I, think, I don't know if there's going to be any folks listening who hear canceled and they think like, oh, cancel culture, you know, I was saying, oh, I got canceled from voting because I follow up my registration. Just be responsible. Like when you're going to go do pay your bills or do something else and you're already on the computer, just go check, you know, just go check it out. Make sure you're in good, you're in good shape. Um, that's just, it's like, it's and, like, a, and, like a, a, a hygiene type yes. thing. You know, you just do it regularly because you got it, you know, just make sure, especially if you move, if you move, go check it, just make sure. There, there is a little bit of responsibility for voters. 
uh, and I can't solve everybody's problems. Uh, you, you've got to want to participate and you've got to put just a tiny bit of elbow grease in there. You need to be prepared and you need to meet deadlines. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, yeah. um, but if, if for some reason you don't have, um, a computer or, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. You forgot your birth date. I don't know. <laughs> you could just call us at seven, nine, eight vote and the staff are happy to look it up for you. And, um, and if you'd rather just talk to a person, just call seven, nine, eight vote. We're happy to talk with you and tell you what your registration status is. That's awesome. Thank you for having that available. Um, I, something else that has just been, um, you know, a, a lot of folks have been talking about with the protests that are happening all across the country mm. about very important issues. How do you think that protests will affect voting? Do you think that people will translate their frustrations and their anger into, into <laughs> voting participation? Um, what do you, what do you predict? How will that affect how people participate? Well, I think anytime um, uh, residents are energized, they're going to be more active in an election. So whether it's an exciting campaign or something that's just captured um, your attention, uh, energized people are going to are more likely to participate. And I think that candidates, uh, more people are likely to be asking candidates for their positions on uh, everything from equity issues to um, gun rights and whatever. It just really brings out a lot of energy every four years. But the um, Black Lives Matter protests have really, um, uh, I think, brought people together. Uh, one of the things that's been distressing to me is COVID has shut down a lot of civic institutions, churches. So normally where we would try to get the word out about elections and how to be prepared and participate aren't available to us anymore. City clubs not having any meetings, League of Women Voters, everything's virtual. Um, and so those community convenings that happen in neighborhoods aren't happening in the same way anymore. But uh, protests uh, have been very um, kind of humanizing and people to people contact. We've tried to provide um, we've tried to provide voter registration kits. Because you also remember that the Department of Motor Vehicles, um, their offices were closed. They're starting to slowly open back up. There's like 35 that are open now, finally. But that was a long mm-hmm. period of time where the Federal Motor Voter Program really wasn't operating. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Where you walk in and get, a, get an ID card or um, renew your driver's license, and then you get um, your voter registration um, done or yeah. updated. That hasn't been available for the last three months. Wow. Uh, so there's pent up there's pent up demand. There's a ton of people that just turned 18, but haven't been able to get their driver's license. Um, I'm worried about them uh, getting mm-hmm. registered on time and participating. Uh, there's a ton of people moving here from out of state. Again, that haven't been able to get a driver's license. So we're back to paper and pens. Um, and you can download all those forms and print them out, you know, through the Secretary of State's office or our office, and we're, or we'll mail them to you. Um, but I think that the protests have been a kind of convening um, people, and I think voter registration forms are getting handed out there. That's great. Um, I I think um, I put in a joke for, in my notes. I, I made a joke, which is if we should take over under bets on turnout. Because I personally think, and I'm not, I'm not a betting person, that's why I almost hesitated to say anything. I don't bet. I just not. I 
it's not not my cup of tea, but but I really kind of have a feeling that if people are able to get their registrations and if they're able to update their information that they I think we might have better turnout this year. And I don't know. I it's just a feeling. I have my gut. I don't know if it's true uh, or real, but I, I don't I'm I'm thinking that might happen. Megan, what do you think? I, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm hoping that um I, I do think that with the pause, like life had like really hit a brick wall, right? For a lot of people with COVID nineteen. Yeah. Which I think was just um, fuel to the fire of this Black Lives Matter movement, right? I wonder, I have wondered mm-hmm. often whether this, the protesting would have been as significant had we not been in quarantine, had so many people still been working, right? And so I think that there mm-hmm. are more eyes focused on what's currently happening in terms of social justice. So, I mean, I don't know if it's me just like really hoping that voter turnout is higher. <laughs> like I'm trying to like wish it into existence, but I also <laughs> believe um, that we'll see more people turn out, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hope so. I hope they all don't wait until the last minute, but I hope um, uh, turnout exceeds expectations. The primary that's uh, coming up August 4th is uh, we're, we're only predicting a 35% turnout, uh, which is completely normal. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of analysis and, and look back at past behavior, and voters are really predictable super predictable and they um this and and primaries are roughly half or less the turnout of a general um but we're expecting a 35 percent in august and then um you know above 80 in november wow have you seen a rise in voter registration in that 18 to 24 year old demographic since the protests have begun uh, uh, I haven't done that analysis. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't done that analysis. I would just be curious to see if the younger generation is becoming more mobilized to vote, which I think I've seen, right, anecdotally, right, watching what's yeah. happening and being connected to, like, high school age as a high school teacher. Um, but just yeah. curious to see whether it's actually happening or not. I would love to yeah. see that data. That'll, that'll be really interesting to yeah. see. And don't forget that we're we're also um, this is the first full year that we've had 16 and 17 year old pre-registration uh, in law in Washington State. Hmm. So uh, the motor voter um, program has always been restricted to people who are 18 or over. But uh, now, uh, again, if driver's licensing offices were open, uh, when you turn 16 or 17 and you go in for a state-issued ID or a state-issued driver's license, uh, you're offered pre-registration. doesn't mean that you can vote in the election, but it means that you get um, <clears throat> in that registration system and will automatically get a ballot as soon as you're qualified to vote. So, um uh, we, we still don't know what the effects of that law are, and it's been disrupted by COVID, so we're going to kind of have some ragged effects. But don't forget that's out there boosting uh, uh, youth engagement as well. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard of. As a teacher, as a social studies teacher, <laughs> I am just so excited for that because and I it, have so many it, just want to <laughs> participate. Right. And they don't have to just go into the Department of Motor Vehicles. So if you are having Zoom classes or in-person classes, you can get those kids registered. And I'd be happy to mail you registration forms or send you hyperlinks so your students can um, uh, fill out those forms. 
so cool. Thank you for that. We mm-hmm. really appreciate it. It used to be two years I'm, ago. It was there. My student's 18th birthday present from me was a voter registration form, like in front of the whole class. <laughs> it would be like, happy birthday. Happy, and now, happy birthday. And now this year it was just, well, you can pre-register now. And so, because I teach seniors. And so it's like, you can register and you can register. <laughs> and you can register to vote. That's so awesome. I, I just have one last question uh, for you about um, our, so the kind of the thing that people have been doing during coronavirus, right, is mindfulness and like, uh, what's it called, manifesting their, you know, mm. their, what the, the universe will bring to them or what's our mantra for voting in 2020? Like if we have to look in the mirror and give ourselves a pep talk about democracy, what should we say when we look in the mirror? What's our mantra? But we can think about it if we need mm. some think time. Think about it for a second. It works. It works. The democracy yes. works. And vote and voting works. Dem- and the more people who participate, I, you know, I was giving a, a little presentation to um, a Parks and Rec group of um, uh, young people living with disabilities. And um, they wanted to know why um, why their opinion would matter and if their vote really counted. Um, and and it works. The more people who vote, the better decisions America makes. In small turnout elections, we make decisions. But when we have volume and heft and the most people participating, we make the very best decisions. So it's not just about you. And whether, do you know what I mean? It, 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 this is... Um, uh, this is a team effort with everybody who's eligible to vote getting in there and putting their stamp on this thing. And I don't care how you do it. The more people who participate or what side you're on, the more people who participate, the better results we get. So it works. That, that would be look in the, look in the mirror. Look deep into your eyes and say, and, and I don't care what kind of a day you've had or what kind of a newscast you've been watching. Look at yourself and just say, it works. It works. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. I love it. That actually is a nice segue into our last segment today, which I am calling action items. Um, because democracy is not a spectator sport. Uh, what are our action items today? I think mine would be... Just some simple, go check, go check on your voter registration. So if you moved yep. uh, or you, even if you haven't, just go and verify that your information is correct, that you, um, that you are ready to receive your ballot. Uh, go check your information online. Uh, Megan, what do you think? Yeah. A good action yeah. item. And, and then, wait, wait, wait I, I'm, I'm oh, going to butt in and I'm just going to say that's an awesome yeah. action item. Second action item, we mailed out ballots on Friday. So you've got a ballot Excellent. floating around your house somewhere. Get a, get a, a magnet and stick it to your fridge or put it somewhere safe. Go get that ballot now. Yes. And find it and put it somewhere safe. Okay, go ahead. Yes, uh, absolutely. And so my action item was going to be just about participating in the primary, right? That, that mm-hmm. participation is key. But I think that after our conversation today, participate early is my new action mm-hmm. item. So um, yeah. just take the time, sit down, get out your ballot and mail it in now, right? Like don't procrastinate, don't don't make it any more difficult for the auditor's office than it has to be, right? So, mm-hmm. so just do it because I think that 
we have a tendency as human beings to think that we're going to do something and put it off and procrastinate and then maybe it never gets done. So mm-hmm. after, if you're listening, you know, after this and just send it in, make it happen. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I have to, I want to add on something about, um, about Julie, your suggestion to go grab your ballot right now and put it in a safe location. I know I'm looking at, and I'm looking through space and time at everyone who's listening to this podcast right now. I know that you have COVID brain about checking your mail. I know (laughs) that you wait too long to check your mail because you haven't been going outside as much. So you're not (laughs) your mail frequently. I know you are not. So stop what you're doing right now. I don't care if you're in your car on your way to the store, turn around, go home, check your mail. Because if your ballot sits in there, that's just, that's, that's not going to work. It's not going to get counted. It's like you miss every shot you don't take. Okay. Go get your ballot out of the mailbox. I know you haven't been checking your mail enough. Okay. And, and, And if you haven't received a ballot, that's a good indicator that maybe you are not registered to vote. Right. And so that is also, if you're sitting here listening to this and you're like, what primary election ballot? What I haven't received anything. That's probably a <laughs> you are not registered to vote. Um, and yeah. that you need to go online and remedy that. Yeah. Or that your registration's been canceled or that you have some delay for some other reason. Or a so, different yeah. address, right? You have a different address down. Yep. That's it. 798-VOTE or votewa.gov. Again, we're happy to take phone calls. That is so great. Julie, thank you so much for your time today. We really, really appreciate it. I can't tell you just how excited we all are for um, just being, I I don't know, there's some some magical about this time of year being able to participate in democracy and you are helping make that happen in a really important way and we really appreciate your time. And also just highlighting highlighting what Washington's doing right in terms of voting, right? I I think that that this this conversation just made me really proud to to live in this state that makes it so accessible to its citizens. Yep, accessible and secure. Excellent. All right, well, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Let me know if I can ever help you guys. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Citizen Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Are Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Crossing Division, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.